Hey, I'm Kimberly Hayes Vamuga. And I'm Amanda Day. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the first season of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. Full disclosure, we are Southern. You may hear y'all. It happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This season is brought to you by our generous sponsor, Grant Writing USA. Grant Writing USA delivers training programs across America that dramatically enhance performance in the areas of grant writing, grants management, and grantmaker research. They have coached, trained, and consulted for nearly 15,000 top-ranked organizations and more than 25,000 individual achievers from every imaginable domain. Leaders of government, philanthropists, academics, outstanding nonprofit managers, top-performing staffers, Everyday Heroes. Full disclosure. I notice we do a lot of full disclosures. <laughs> I like how we're honest. We want to be transparent we here. Are. You may not be able to see us, but by golly, you know we're telling the truth. <laughs> so full disclosure, when we're not entertaining you. We hope. With our podcasting adventures, we are trainers for Grant Writing USA. At the end of this episode and throughout season one, we will be sure to let you know about upcoming offers at Grant Writing USA just for our listeners of Fundraising Heyday. Now, today's episode centers around how to best get to know your organization and the people you're serving. Getting, getting to, to know you, getting, getting to know all about you. you. Okay, I really should not sing on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. you want better sound effects? Be our bomb diggity second season sponsor there and pay go. for them. Thank you so much. <laughs> but whether you are new to an organization or new to a community, or even if you've been there a while, but just haven't paid that much attention to what's Mm -hmm. going around, you need to figure out a way to jump in with both feet and get a feel for the people you're serving, the places you're talking about, and the things you're going to write about. And it can be a steep learning curve. At least it has been for me, whether it was working for um, the largest children's hospital in the Southeast or working for the Atlanta Community Food Bank or working for the Fraser Center, an organization that works a lot with children and adults with disabilities. They're all sort of in that health and human services category, but they're all very, very different. And mm-hmm. there was a lot to learn so that I could have better connect funders to these wonderful causes. Oh, yeah. Well, and even like I started off with the city of Morrow and then I switched to the city of Alpharetta. So still writing yeah. for cities. So I'm still working with police officers and firefighters and engineers. Very different parts of the metro Atlanta area. Well, and going from a town that was two square miles and had 5,000 residents to a, a city that was 26 square miles and had about 60,000 residents. And, and is a, fancy. Oh, yeah. And 120,000 people in its borders every day and the only time I had been there was my interview so I knew nothing about it except that, know that they had hired me yeah knew nothing about Alfred my husband was like hey you need to go to apply there great place and I listened to him okay so we each have very different work histories but there were some key elements about getting to know the people or places or communities that we served. So just never fear, fundraising heyday is here for you. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's nearly impossible to write a believable grant narrative if you don't know and understand a couple of different things. So first off is your organization. Why does your organization exist? What's your mission? What are your priorities? Another big part of that is who does your organization serve? You know, Kimberly mentioned all these different organizations serving some very specific types of clients, right? 
And it doesn't have to always be people. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it's... In fact, rare, often it's not. It could be the environment. It could be the Chattahoochee River or yep. the Mississippi River or... I know a great writer who works for the Atlanta Beltline, which is this massive yep. uh, trail system. And that's who she writes grants for. As And the... a friend of mine, I think you know her too, Elizabeth, she works for the Grand Canyon Foundation. Absolutely. So, yeah, she does... Her community is a ginormous, beautiful hole in the ground. ground. (laughs) That's right. I forgot she worked for that. That's uh, very cool. But anyway, so you've got to understand your organization, the reason that it exists, and who or what you're out there serving. And just in general, the community where you're located. So even though, uh, you know, you may be working for the food bank, and so you're feeding the hungry, But are you a food bank in a metropolitan area? Are you in a rural community? Are you in the south, in the north? All of these things factor in and affect the work you do, how you do it, and those kinds of things. So you really just need to be able to jump in and get an understanding of why you exist, really. And if you're a consultant listening to this, we got you, we feel you, but it's also on you and it's on me and Amanda Mm -hmm. now as consultants and trainers that you really don't need to think you can skip a lot of steps. There may be a more effective and quicker way to find out, but you still need to make sure you understand who you're writing for because there are people out there who do sort of cookie cutter grant proposals. No one we know. But uh, no one that is a member in good standing of the Grant Professionals Association or the Association of Fundraising Professionals. But I'm just saying, if you are listening to this thinking you want to work with a consultant, it's on the two of you to craft a way so that that person can get a deep dive. Because what it's all about is understanding who it is or what it is that you're trying to improve. Absolutely. So now that you know that, okay, great. How do we get an understanding of all these things? So we've got some good, simple steps for you. One of the first one is to read all the documents. Read, 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 read. Oh, yeah. I always tell people, if you don't like reading, you're in the wrong profession mm. as a grant writer because you do a heck of a lot of reading. And sometimes it's interesting and sometimes it's really, really, really boring, but it's still important. Um, to understand. So think about just all organizations have strategic plans, annual plans, hopefully, fingers crossed, something where they are talking about either what you've accomplished recently or what you hope to accomplish in the next 5, 10, 20, Mm -hmm. sometimes even 30 years out. And sidebar, if they don't have any of this and maybe you are a consultant or you are new to the team and you, you don't want to rock the boat, but take that as a sign if there is nothing (laughs) nothing, not even a dream, not even a PowerPoint put together by a person who had a dream to do this kind of work. You might want to think about that because you need to be able to tell the story to funders. And if you don't understand the story, how are you going to tell the story? Absolutely. And then not only do some organizations have kind of those big overall planning documents, but sometimes they'll get very specific too. I know working in local government, we sometimes have five-year transportation master plans, Mm -hmm. recreation and park plans, Mm -hmm. even IT, you know, figuring out the next, you know, five years, how we're going to keep up with all the changing in technology and what new softwares and hardware and equipment and all those kinds of things are. So if you have those planning documents, get your hands on them and read them. And I'll say that's one of the things when I first meet with a client, I will ask, what do you have? What can Mm -hmm. you go ahead and start sending me? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're like, well, we don't know that you're going to need. No, I need it because you never know where I might pull something. And again, it helps me understand who you are. And and let Amanda make that decision, please. Yeah. A little respect for the, <laughs> the consultant. consultant. Yes. Let 
I'm like, give me everything. Don't you worry about it. I'm mm-hmm. a speed reader and I will sort out what I do and don't need, but don't decide for me because wrong. Yes. Mm. So. All right. Some other sort of community meetings and and ways to find out in general what's going on and also perhaps to find potential collaborative partners or interested donors or um, interested members of family foundations would be going to community group meetings such as Rotary and Kiwanis Club now. Those are usually you have to have a member invite you along. Another way to sort of I hate skin that cat. That's such a violent <laughs> image. I'm a vegetarian. Another way to find out more information without using a weird metaphor is to volunteer to speak or volunteer to get yes. one of your board members or your executive director to speak about hiring people with disabilities or the importance of parks in a healthy community or mm-hmm. what have you. Absolutely. So you get to attend and you get to hear what's going on and you get to potentially make some new friends in terms of partners and collaboration. Oh, yeah. Historical societies, particularly if you are to have an older building or you are in a museum or you are there meetings where you can connect up and find out what's going on. Of course, city council meetings or county commissioner meetings. Oh, oh, so <laughs> thrilling. But you know what? These days they're pretty exciting, actually, if you um, need to come and check that out again. If you're trying to gather more information about a specific geographic community yes. or a specific entity within that geographic community, mm-hmm. that's the way to go. Obviously, if you're in um, the education field, public education, you really want to check out your local school board meetings and see what's going on there, see what the yep. issues are. And all across the Southeast, I'm going to speak for that, yes. there are organizations like the Junior League that were traditionally back in the day more organizations for, I would say, stay at home moms and housewives who came together and had philanthropic projects that they would do. That's changed a lot, particularly in the Atlanta area. I can speak to that. And again, um, and some of these may even be grant-making organizations. So, um, for example, I know Junior League of Atlanta, they're really trying to make an impact to end human trafficking. It's a big deal in Atlanta. It's it's a big problem. They're far more diverse and have majority of women there who are working women in higher-powered jobs. So don't write off those kinds of ways to go and gather information and find mm-hmm. out more also, if there is a community foundation in your area that has any sort of public forums or things yes. like that, that's a way you can go and find oh, yeah. out more information. And um, I, go ahead. Well, and, I say, and I found, too, like like I said, when I first got to Alpharetta, I was their very first grants administrator they had ever hired. And so a lot of these little local groups, like the Historical Society, the mm-hmm. Alpharetta Women's Club, as soon as they heard I was there, they started inviting me to meetings because they wanted, they wanted me to speak about grant writing. They were hoping I could help them with grants, which... I will tell you, that is one of the things that you have to figure out that balance of yeah. you want to be helpful to community organizations, but, you know, you already have a full-time job to write for somebody else, and I don't get paid to write for other organizations. But I was always happy to show up, give them some information, help point them in the right direction, and talk about community partnership opportunities. Mm-hmm. But now, and then once I met them, they were awesome. When I did write a grant about, you know, renovating a historical right. house it was so easy to get a support letter from the historical society because I'd already been there and met with them and we all got along famously. Isn't that amazing how that happens? If you're able to build relationships first, then when you need something, you're far more likely to get it. I am not saying everyone go out and be a manipulative person. That's not where I'm going, but it helps to get out 
and know the community because you can help each other. Absolutely. That's just friends help each other out. These are community contacts and people you help each other out. That's all I'm saying. I'm also saying show up. We've talked about this before, particularly for someone in Amanda's position showing up at community events. So she mentioned yes. are like the 5K runs and the grand openings of businesses or um, other nonprofit agencies in the area. Those are important things. Again, if there are networking opportunities among other nonprofits, sometimes, mm-hmm. again, I come back to the Community Foundation. They can be an area of support. We'll talk a lot about professional organizations, but that is another way to get out and network and get see who's out there, see who's working for. If you work for a college, see who's working for another community college. If you work for a food bank, there might be somebody who works for a healthcare center that has a food pantry. And they, again, you're seeing what's out there. You're seeing what's going on. You're seeing potential partners or not, because yeah, you also might be able to make some decisions on who not to work with. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging you. You're just getting out there. Yeah. And also, um, and this is something in particular when I was a development director and in charge of running the annual big fundraising galas, I would also often include different community partners as my guests for Good many idea. different reasons. Some some folks were also from foundations. You need to be, you know, make sure that they're okay because some foundations have policies like, hey, we can't accept mm-hmm. this Gifts because of the monetary value. But usually I found it's like, hey, come be my guest, come check out this event and we can talk. And I really want you to meet the family that's supporting this program because I think y'all have a lot in common. Also at the Fraser Center, we hosted another of several nonprofits, but one in particular, their gala on our grounds. And so, again, getting more people there and having the community come to you, that's always a good way to do it. Very true. And I think, too, like you said, going to both other organizations' events and going to your own events, too, to see the people you're working with, seeing them in action and doing their job. And just it's it's always very eye opening just to see your organization in action. And here's a big old idea coming at you. I hope you all are all sitting down, (laughs) pull over into the right hand lane, grip your coffee cup firmly. Talk to the people that you serve. If you are serving people, talk to them. I know. Right. A mind blowing idea. Real expensive sound effects. Yeah. And if you're like, well, I do not serve people. I serve the Grand Canyon, which I know Elizabeth would not talk like that. It's like, I bet there are people who go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. (laughs) Just a thought I'm having. Yes. And if you work at an animal shelter or work for that, I'm sure there are people who come and adopt. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be the idea, right? And so there are people you can talk to. There are families of people you can talk to. The people that you say you are trying to help, and I'm making these little quotation marks that you can't see right now. I'm Man, I'm just a firm believer of asking yeah because i mean we may have this oh my gosh here's a brilliant idea to help help out these families and children we know just what they need yeah and really that may not even be anywhere near the mark right right because they it makes me think of when i was in the peace corps that you go through technical training Mm -hmm. and um, i was um, in the dominican republic sort of in the center of the island agricultural community so there were three months of technical training it's like here's how to do a vegetable garden here's how to talk about uh, maternal child health here's how to do a needs assessment here's how Mm -hmm. to speak spanish that was very useful and you know here's how to build um, a latrine here's how to 
to do this and that. And I'm like, in the community with my broken Spanish, y'all, it was pitiful. They took pity (laughs) on me. These people took me into their homes and lives. And I'm forever grateful because it was bad when I first got there. And I remember the first community meeting where I I said some garbled version of, hey, I'm here to help and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and let's work together. And what do you need? And they needed a road. And you might might have <laughs> gone, like, hey, I don't oh. remember you um, talking about your engineering degree <laughs> or your, your prowess. Your construction the, background. No, <laughs> no. But that was the biggest barrier that they felt to their maternal and child health and health in general is that the, the, it was about a couple of miles to any kind of road of any consequence. Yeah. And in the rainy season, mired down with mud, the only thing they could get through was a motorcycle. And having done that. You, no, no, that was not. Mm-hmm. And if you were feeling sick and holding a sick child, not a good thing. So I guess the point is, and it all worked out. We made yes. some visits and eventually they got a graded road with gravel on it and it helped some things out. But I guess my point is without asking, you just are making assumptions. Absolutely. Um, and we don't want to get into program development, but at the same time, if you are writing grants and you are working with program staff and it doesn't seem like the people or places or things that are being served are brought in in a meaningful way in program development, mm-hmm. you could raise your little hand and talk about that. Yeah. Well, in most grants, one of the first questions they ask is about, like, hey, what's your needs assessment? And so mm-hmm. you should have done a needs assessment, which means talk to the people you're serving. So absolutely. Very important. Another thing I would say, too, is to witness all of the programs and projects that you already have going. Witness them firsthand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're going to be writing about it, you need to see it in action, whether it's a a program that's been going on or whether it's a problem you have heard about. Um, I've got a good example here. I had heard um, when our Parks and Rec Department said, hey, we're getting a lot of calls and complaints about there's water on our greenway and making it impassable. And let me tell you, when I first heard, like, there's water on the trail, like crisis, crisis. I know, like where, this, where, this is where? the major problem. Um, and I almost like wrote it off because I was like, seriously, there's more important <laughs> things. Sad. There's what get put on your running shoes. They may get a little wet. It's gonna be okay, right? Well, so if I told him, I said, tell you what, next time it gets bad take me there. I want to see it. So I know what you're Fair talking enough. about. Um, and they do. So it had rained barely, barely rained. We waited two days and we go out to the trail. I'm not kidding. It wasn't water on the greenway. It was muck, mud, junk. Ew. and But the rest of the greenway was bone dry. Like it should not have been like that. And so if it barely rained, it was like, I don't know where this water was coming from, but it was picking up stuff along the way and dumping just and it's, like a mini flood. But right? it, again, not yeah. But it's, I mean, it picked up stuff. So like I said, it's mud. It's egg. Yeah. It's disgusting. And yeah. so not all. And it's oh my gosh, it smelled so bad. And it wasn't just like a little swath. Like there was no leaping over it and like running straight. <laughs> like I, I was like, how bad? Yeah, it was. It was a huge swath of land. And not only that, but it was destroying the environment of along the Greenway Trail. It was eroding all of the landscaping and like messing up the tree root system. And so there were some trees that were if it if that kept up, they were going to start falling. So it's becoming a safety hazard. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't water on the greenway. This is like a serious issue that has some impacting consequences. And so, yeah, we wrote a grant and got money and were able to raise that section through like a little boardwalk and it doesn't happen anymore. Again, I'm glad I went and saw it because otherwise I probably wouldn't have even attempted to find a grant for it because I'm like, wah, there's water on the greenway. <laughs> so go see what people are talking about so you have a better understanding of what the problem really is. 
So an example of where that really worked for me was when I was working for the Atlanta Community Food Bank. I was there for about seven years. They were part of a larger organization that's national called Feeding America. Mm-hmm. And there's certain surveys and things that they do every so often. And again, the frequency may have changed, but they still have something like this that they're doing. And so you would go to the partner organizations that get their food from the food bank okay. and interview the people who were coming to uh, receive services. Yeah. And it was easy for me. So, so the food bank was doing that. They were asking. They were asking again. I'm I'm doing the quote thing that you can't see. Asking, <laughs> asking for volunteers. You know, and it would be very easy for me to go. Oh, I am so busy. I do not have time to do that. I just I yeah. have so many deadlines. I cannot do that. But I'm so glad that I. Uh, didn't think that way at the time. And I participated in, I don't know, maybe four or five of these uh, visits. And even though it was a set series of questions to go and be there and just see the barriers, maybe even transportation barriers I could see with my own eyes or talk to the the hosting agency, the little food pantry Mm -hmm. or the larger um, church-based soup kitchen, for example, or whatever it was, to see exactly what was going on, it just gave me a clearer idea because a food bank, at least in Atlanta, it's a big warehouse full of food, which makes sense. But to actually go out and see the direct benefit and and, and to make that people connection, I think made me a stronger grant writer for them. So yes, it was extra time during your workday. And yes, if you are introverted like me, it does involve leaving your chair and talking to real people who might look at you and answer back. But, (laughs) you know, you can work around it. And it was super valuable and a great way to get to know the organization, but more importantly, a great way to connect people to the help they need. Which is why we're all here, right? we're here. Another thing you need to do, and this is certainly an internal type of thing, is to talk to your fellow coworkers. Because most of us are writing grants for a variety of different Mm -hmm. programs and people and so how are we going to write about those things if we haven't interacted with them? And so some examples of things, and Kimberly certainly jump in here with some ideas too, but first off, I will start off with your finance department. And oh, I know some people are like, yes. what does that have to do with grant writing? Everything. Because you have to put together a budget. You need to know how much some things cost. What, what do we pay our staff? What are our fringe benefits? Um, so finance department is very, very helpful with a lot of those things. They're also usually, finance department is usually the keeper of all of your organization's policies and procedures, mm-hmm. especially like your travel and your procurement. Mm-hmm. And they know that stuff inside and out. So if that's not your strong suit, they can be very, very helpful with that. And if you work for or consult with a nonprofit agency versus mm-hmm. a government agency, they're still going to be tremendously helpful. Y'all can both help each other out because there are reports due. There are financial yes. needs, mm-hmm. um, priorities. Sometimes that's where the strategic planning lives, depending on your organization. Yes. When there are reports due or you're filling out an application and you need three years worth of financial data that's maybe a page long and a little spreadsheet and there's uh-huh. lots of things in there, you could struggle and do that yourself or you could go to your buddies in the finance department who have accounting degrees. They're brilliant. Know, they know and they can do that. But if you don't know them and you just come strolling in the day before the grants to you, that's really not a good outcome because would you like that if someone did that to no. you? Yes. So yes. There was plenty of time. Another thing is talk to your program people. So whoever it is oh, that's running yes. the program and that can be a variety, you know, working in local government, that's going to be my police officers, my firefighters, my park and rec people. They know, they know that what they're talking about. About. So if I'm writing a grant, I know once my fire department wanted me to, to find them some money for a pulse oximeter. 
Yeah. I've that's never... the little thing that goes on your, that goes on your finger. Well, n- kind of, yes. But the, the, there's... I'm waving my yes, fingers around and you can't see this. Yes. It's basically, it's this thing you use to me- measure the oxygen in your blood for, mm-hmm. yeah, for lack of a better way. So, yeah. So they, but they wanted, it was a little more fancy than the kind that, you know, we have at the doctor's office. But anyway, yeah, I'm like, okay, what exactly is that? And why does the fire department need it? And how are you going to use it? And so, yeah, I, I need to talk with my program people to be able to write about the things that they're talking about. A caveat here is, yes, you need to talk to your finance department, your program officers, in my case, that might be department directors and key staff. But also when you're getting to know what's going on in an organization and you're the development director, fundraiser, or grant writer, or combo Mm -hmm. pack of all of the above, people are going to be coming at you going, we need a copy machine. I need to do this thing. I need this copy thing. I need this uh, new piece of equipment. We need a whole new operating room. I need a armored SWAT vehicle. So here, here, (laughs) well, that may be so, sir or ma'am, but first let's make sure that it there there needs to be I recommend having an idea either through through strategic planning or your boss or some sort of fundraising priority plan. Yes. So that you're like, hey, that SWAT tank that can double as a dog grooming vehicle <laughs> um sounds so fascinating. And I think you should make sure that it's in next year's budget because because it ain't in this year's budget. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind that it's not just going to be a, hey, can you tell me everything there is good about your program? It's also going to be you fielding. I don't know that I can write a grant for a new car and boat because we're landlocked or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Just know that. And people aren't trying to scam you. They just, most of the time, they're caring deeply about what it is they're doing and they want to get things for their area. Oh, yeah. That happened a lot in the hospital, as you might imagine, because, you know, there are departments and Mm -hmm. their equipment needs and their people's lives, kids' lives at stake. And I totally got it, but I had to be very careful navigating that, not to make any promises and to check back and make sure that the things that I was getting bombarded for with requests which I was because I was getting out and talking to people, oh, yeah. which is part of the deal, matched up with the sort of the funding priorities. Absolutely. And only into your time. I mean, yeah. chances are you're not going to have the time to write a grant for every need. You need some system in place to prioritize mm-hmm. that. And then again, that leads perfectly into that's why you need to be in communication with your board members. Your, if you're a council members, your mm-hmm. CEO, executive director, city manager, university president, whoever it is, you need to talk to them to know the direction you're supposed to head. And one other thing I would talk about people, your data collectors. Um, when you're writing a grant, you're using all kinds of data. And some of the stuff you can find through your own research, but especially data that your own organization is collecting, you need to know who those people are that have that information. And when you figure out who they are, and that these are helpful people, you make friends. You make lifelong friends with Chocolate. them. Chocolate. Whatever. We're not about bribery. So, yeah, whatever um, But yeah, these are, the, these are the people within your organization. And there may be other ones too too, but you figure out what types of info do you need, who in your organization has that info, and you seek them out and you you hunt them down. Because it's your job. Yes. You need to know where to get you are you're not responsible for holding every single shred of valuable information about that organization in your head, but you are responsible for knowing who does. Exactly. And are they morning people? Are they email people or phone people or stop in their office people? Exactly. And again, when you're new to an organization I encourage you, this is the kind of stuff you want to start off with. Don't, on day one, you're you're not going to be a successful grant writer if on day one you're writing a grant for them. 
take some time at the beginning mm-hmm. to understand your organization. And same thing, if you're a consultant, it's not as easy because you're not there 40 hours a week, but you've got to come up with a way for you to get the info you need from mm-hmm. your clients. So you, otherwise you're not going to be successful at your job. And that's that's why we're here. We want you all, all of our listeners to be successful grant professionals. Absolutely. Also, a small last point here, another point of contact when you're new in your grants department, if you have a grants department, is um, the, it would be the fundraisers or development officers. In my oh, case, yes. it was it me. So I yeah. just, um, I just hey, talked to myself, yes, hey, what's going on? And then, you know, then there was that brief incarceration for weird behavior. But no, I'm kidding. I'm back. But don't rule that out. I feel like sometimes there's this huge silo between grant writing and development folks, and it's all you're all after the same thing. You're just doing it different ways. There's lots of information to share out there. Yes. So speaking of sharing information and getting (laughs) to know people, we would like again to thank our season one sponsor, Grant Writing USA. If you are interested in learning more about grant writing and grant management, visit their website at grantwritingusa.com and check out their two-day courses taught in all 50 states. Stay tuned for special offers from Grant Writing USA for our listeners. And remember, there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. We'd love for this podcast to be one of your favorite ways to learn. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season, including our next one that's going to help you prepare for the dreaded site visit. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye.